0: Everyone all right? I just want to thank the team who came out yesterday to Pinkalicious. Um, This year we um, went to Pinkalicious. That's why my, I've got nail polish on guys. Um, Pinkalicious, it was a Pacifica event for men and women for mental health. And we had a great time. Um, We did a store, a pamper store doing nail polish. Nail polish, yes, your past is wearing nail polish. (laughs) Um, And um, it was just great. Um, and I, b- I believe that next year is going to be even better, I believe we're going to have more stores, we're gonna ha- we are going to have more stores, I already planned it in my head, um, but I believe this church has such an influence on communities, not just this community, um, we're so different, do you guys notice that? We're so different, and I know like different difference not that good sometimes. But uh, but in this case, difference good. Um, and this church represents the church majority of every place that we go to. Um, last week we went to a, another Pacifica event where we gave free sausages out for a rugby league tournament um, for under 18s, 16s and that. And um, the only church present. Everywhere I go, I, I see hills present in places, but the church as a whole is not there. And I thank God for our willingness as a church to get in the community and be part of it because that's where God's called us. For people who are lost, not people who are just found. The church is not for just this, but it's also for the broken, it's a hospital for the broken. And I truly believe that this house has something significant to play. And just know that where you are at in your life right now, whatever workplace you're in right now, let me tell you, you're in that place for a reason, and it's going to be so significant. Not, just a, not, not for hill's sake, but for God's name to rule and reign in that place, or whatever part you're in. Um, but yeah, I believe that. I truly believe that. And so Father, I just thank you for your word. Speak to us. We open our hearts to you. We're going to receive something new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Ooh. What fruit is this? So we're doing number five and six. We're up to fruit number five and six. Um, I, I tried to split kindness and goodness, but because they coincide with one another, kindness and goodness, I thought to put it together. Um, But I'm not too sure, like over over the past, I think it's been five, six weeks, um, one thing I've noticed is that about the fruit of the Spirit is that the world's view or the world's definition of the words that's in the Word, which is Galatians 5, can I have Galatians 5 up? So, by the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Like all these words, the world's definitions always different to what God really intends. Like it's similar in a way, but it's different. And when I was going over um, Galatians five, even though we've read this over the last six weeks, I was reminded of Scripture in Isaiah fifty-five. Isaiah fifty-five eight to nine, says something when she has it up. Isaiah fifty-five. Sorry, she's a bit slow this morning. <laughs> For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Verse nine: As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I was reminded of that when I was going over to Galatians five. Like we can read over Scripture and go, "Ah, oh, yeah, fruit of spirit: love, joy, peace, patience." But if we really think about it, God's way is higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our. And And so today we're going to be unpacking, unpacking, whoa, what a fob, (laughs) unpacking (laughs) kindness and goodness. So Galatians 5, we're going to read it again. We're going to read verse 22 and 23 just to go over just in case you missed it. In the past six weeks, you should have known it by now, but let's read it again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. If you haven't um, highlighted it in your Bible, highlight it in now because we've been talking about it for the last six weeks. Um, but before we dive into it, I want to define kindness and goodness in the world's terms. And you, and trust me, I believe in all these things that I'm about to say to you. So uh, did I give you kindness? I did. Okay. Kindness. Um, it's the quality of being friendly, and generous, and considerate. Do you think we all should be that? Yeah, 100%. So what's goodness? Goodness is the quality of being morally good or virtuous. Yeah. So by definition, do you think all human beings should be those? It's not a hard question, it's yes or no. <laughs> so can we go back to kindness? So do you think human beings should have the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate? Yeah. We should be those things. And can we go to goodness? The quality of being morally good or virtuous. I like how it says morally good because I don't know where they get their morals from. Because saying you're morally good means they're referring to something. But no man is good. So they must be referring to something. I don't know what they're referring to. But out of that, just the quality of being morally good or virtuous, yeah, we should be that, morally good, morally virtuous. And when I actually came to think about kindness and goodness in this dictionary form of the world, I don't know, I don't like calling it the world, but just the way the world defines kindness and goodness, the one thing I, I realized is that we don't need God to be like that. Can we go back to Kindness. The quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. You don't need God to be any of that. So it made me realize, okay, God, what do you mean by kindness and goodness? Because if we don't need you for that, what do we need you for, for kindness and goodness? Because there must be a deeper meaning to kindness and goodness for it to be spirit-led. Because if the fruit of the Spirit is kindness and goodness, it means that He has to empower us to do something that we cannot do. This tells me we can do it. I know a lot of people who don't know God who are friendly, generous, and considerate. Do you know? You probably have family members. You probably have friends. They're like always there. They have your back 24-7. They'll they'll punch a police officer just for you. You know that person? You don't have a person like that? I don't have a person like that. My sister, she's like that. Not my sister here. My sister not here. (laughs) But anyone could be like that. And it just made me realize is that Isaiah... Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I'm like, okay, God, you need to be real clear on what kindness and goodness means. Because anyone who is not of Christ or know Christ, they can do that. But we understand kindness and goodness to be the fruit of the what? Spirit. Which means it has to be Spirit-given and Spirit-led, which means there's more to it than it seems. And so i want to give you that so you can understand the difference between the world's view of kindness and goodness to what God views kindness and goodness. Can we go to the kindness in Greek? Kindness in Greek is tristotis. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's close enough. Which means helpfulness. It is willingness to serve others' needs. And you might be going, I know people who don't know Christ who do that. Yes, you do. But there's a reason why God explains it this way, and I'm going to explain it in a minute. So kindness in Greece, Greek is, if you want to write it down, totus, helpfulness, and willing to serve others' needs. Now let's go to goodness. Goodness in Greek is agathosun. I'm terrible, I'm sorry. Agothasun, something like that. A Greek word found only in the New Testament. This word's only found in the New Testament. And it means uprightness of heart and life. In In the other dictionary, or the world's dictionary, was being morally good or virtuous. But the way God explains it is uprightness of heart and life. So just remember these definitions, because we're going to explain it through Scripture. Everyone got that? Yeah? Um, The one thing that I want us to also remember with the goodness and kindness is that there is a key difference between them both. They kind of are similar, but they are different. So with goodness, this word, goodness, this is the difference. Goodness will correct and rebuke. Are you following me? Goodness will correct and rebuke, while trest—the other word—kindness, trestotus—it seeks to help. Goodness will rebuke and will correct, but kindness it seeks. To help. Everyone following with these meanings? So I want to say it again. Goodness, it will correct and rebuke, but with kindness, it seeks to help. It doesn't just help, but it seeks to help. Who do you see in the Bible and the gospel seeking to help? If you look at the story of Jesus, he shows kindness and throughout this gospel because He seeks to help, because he said, he said something significant in the Word of God that He's here to seek and save the lost. Kindness is not of something of something far away. Kindness is part of his character. Kindness is who He is. And there's, there's a couple of examples I want to bring in the Word of God, and then I want to ask you, do you see this as kindness or goodness? OK? So the first one is in John 2. It says this. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at the tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords. I don't know if you noticed this, but Christ took the time to make a whip. I never read that before. I always thought God just picked up a whip and he found it. But in the Bible, it says he made a whip out of cords. That's another story. I'll preach that one day, but that's another story. And drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So when reading the story of Jesus and his righteous anger flipping the tables, just imagine them. Flip tables, put the cords together, made a whip. What do you see? Kindness or goodness? Why? Because goodness corrects and rebukes. A father who does not correct and rebuke is a father that is not good. Because we do that for our children. We correct out of the goodness of our heart to make sure that they don't go the track we went through. You know, the parents that like, I don't want my kids to go what I've been through and done what I've done. God does the same to us where he's like I know what your life will be without me so what he does he do he corrects and rebukes out of the goodness of who he is when Jesus cleansed the temple and drove out the money changes he demonstrated agothosun goodness when you read that story just, if I didn't tell you the meaning of goodness you wouldn't see goodness in that story Because goodness in our story is like roses, doves, all this good stuff. But with goodness, there is encouragement. Yes, goodness is all those things. But goodness also rebukes and corrects. So when you get told off by God, do you feel like it's a good thing? (laughs) Be honest, like when God tells me off, I don't feel good. I don't think he's good when he's telling me off because it's the opposite of what I feel. But God corrects us because he's good. It's such a weird thing. When people talk about Jesus, they always speak about his goodness as something soft. Jesus isn't soft. Did I only get one amen? Like, Jesus is, we don't serve a soft God. Jesus is someone who who will rebuke out of goodness. Because remember our goodness? What does goodness mean? Uprightness of heart and life. What does uprightness mean? Uprightness means purity. So when we take uprightness now, like, oh, goodness, uprightness of heart, it means purity. Who is pure? God. So why does he correct us? Because he wants us to be pure. Pure. So there's a different view now of correctness. We, we are being corrected, why? Because he wants us to be Christ-like and we cannot be Christ-like without goodness. Upright, uprightness means honesty. Uprightness means obedience. Uprightness means goodness. And the last one, uprightness means blamelessness. Blamelessness of heart and life. But I've got heaps to blame for. no not when I have Christ in front of me Christ took all that blame for me and for you when he went on the cross he took all your sin even though we, are, we deserve death even though we deserve hell Christ came and set before us his goodness so we always talk about God's love for us on the cross but it was also God's goodness that was at the cross see all the fruit of the spirit intertwine with one another this is why we need God This is why we need the Holy Spirit, because for us to produce goodness, we need Holy Spirit. My own works can't be pure. My own works can't be pure, because uprightness means purity. My own works can't just bring out goodness, but I need Holy Spirit to help me what that looks like. Can we, oh, sorry, you don't have these scriptures, so don't worry. I only put these in this morning. So Mark 10, 18 says this. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but the one that is who? God. Let me say this again. No one is good but the one that is God. This is why we need Holy Spirit because no one is good but God. It also says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20. If you want to write that down, Ecclesiastes 7:20. It says this, for there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. There is no one on earth, who does good and does not sin. So how do we produce goodness? Can't be from me. Can't be from my own works. It has to be through Holy Spirit. People can have good traits. You know people who have good traits? Yeah, man. People who have good deeds. But the characteristics of goodness cannot be done by our own. Someone can have good habits or good, good traits about them. But they cannot have goodness unless it's spirit-given. Because we measure good as something being like uh, like us feeding the homeless. That's good. But anyone can do that. But the characteristics of goodness where there's purity, where there's honesty, where there's blamelessness, where there is no sin, cannot be done on our own. So now goodness has changed Drastically from what the world says goodness is, because it has to be spirit given. And with goodness, the characteristic of goodness, it's not natural for us. It's not natural for us to pursue purity. Our sinful nature is always a fight in us. There's there's a spirit and there's our soul, and it's fighting. And we always want to do good, trust me. I I know everyone in here, like, you want to pursue God, but we always lack something. We're always missing the mark. But with Holy Spirit, He helps equip us and He empowers us so that we can walk out goodness. Because it can't be done by me. It can't be done by coming to church. It has to be Spirit-breathed and given for us to walk out goodness. Are we okay? Does it make sense? Let's turn to Luke 7. Luke chapter 7, 36 to 50. You're going to tell me if this this is goodness or kindness. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house. This is Jesus, okay? Jesus went to the Pharisee's house. Yes, he did. And sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a what? Sinner. If you hear anybody say God doesn't sit with sinners, he does. He loves sitting with sinners. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Oh wait, can we go back? There's something significant here. Off topic, real quick. She brought an alabaster flask, or people say jar, of fragrant oil. This woman who is nameless, you can put your name in here. But she brought something from home. It is said about the story about this alabaster jar, it was a year's worth of wage. She was intentional in what she brought towards Jesus. She brought something that was from her home, not what she brought on the way. A lot of us, when it comes to church or what comes to our Christian walk, we are quick to not bring stuff from home what i mean by that is that we haven't read our word all week and then on sunday before we come to church we read the word so we're ready but the thing is this woman was ready with her sacrifice before she even entered jesus my encouragement for us as a church and as a people is that don't come in here not ready but come here with something that to give god cuz in the story this is a lot of worship that's happening right now and that's how god wants us to to come towards him don't just come, when we drive over the hill, we go, quickly open my word, quickly get God, quickly pray, because I haven't prayed all week. Don't lie, you've done it, I've done it many times. <laughs> but this woman came ready to come before Jesus. My encouragement for us to always be ready to come before Jesus. Okay. Um, but came and brought the jar of fragrant oil. Verse 38. And stood at his feet behind him weeping, And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. What a wonderful picture. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he he were a prophet, would know that who and what manner of, of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a what sinner. Pastors, eh? Really bad. This truth. Pastors back in the time were called Pharisees. Um, and Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. And when they had nothing, uh, when they had nothing with which to repay. He freely gave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair on her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I come in. You did not anoint my, my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. This is the God that we serve. You may have feel like you have many sins, but God is the one who forgives even if they are many. For she loves so much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. 49. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you Go in peace. Out of goodness and kindness, what did Jesus display? Shut it out. It's hard, eh? You could you could see both in this. But the main one that he showed was kindness. He demonstrated (laughs) <laughs> What's the Hebrew word again? Tristostos. <laughs> Tristostos. He showed kindness. Kindness is willing to serve others and to be helpful. So Jesus, who is God, didn't need to serve others because he's God. But out of kindness, which is who he is, humbled himself to serve those who are undeserving and to help the helpless. In this scenario, you can definitely see goodness. But it's out of kindness where God said, your sins are forgiven. She was helpless. She was at the brink of her ends. And she's like, this alabaster jar is all that I have so I'm gonna wash it at Jesus' feet and I don't even know what's gonna happen. Have you ever done that before? Like, you give everything to God and you don't know what is about to happen. This woman did this incredible worship moment where she didn't even know know God or anything. She just know, that's the Christ. For some reason, I need to just, I'm gonna give everything and whatever happens, happens. And out of kindness, to serve the helpless, Christ goes, she has done more to me than you Pharisee who opened your door to let me in your house. See, the, the fruit of kindness has no room for self or reward. The world gives kindness to get something back, but God gives kindness because he loves us. That's it. Kindness is it gives without trying to get something in return. The thing I get real mad about the world, this is what I get mad about the world, is that when they... Come. See that? Camera? Bro, can you take take like a video? I'm about to give food to this homeless person. Guys, I'm just about to serve this person right here. Even though their heart might be going, oh, I just want to bring awareness. Yeah, maybe. But they're expecting something in return on behalf of that. More likes, more followers, more of something. But when God gives kindness, he gave kindness to this woman where there was no crowd other than the Pharisees. The people around this woman were judging her. Oh, if God knew who she was, she's a sinner. If God knew she was who she was, she's a nobody. I'm a Pharisee. I know the Book of the Law. I know everything. I'm a pastor. I'm all, I've got a church and I've got followers. But Jesus goes, "Hey, lady, your sins are forgiven because of kindness. Because kindness doesn't seek for attention from outside. Kindness is just given." Not because of who we are, but because who he is. And if we're seeking kindness to get something in return, it's not kindness and it's not good. This world has a weird way of serving others. You see it on YouTube, you see it on TikTok, you see it like, even though I think it's lovely and I think it's awesome that you're helping others, but there is a motive to help others. We as a church have a motive to help others, but it's not for hills. Our motive for us helping others is for them, want, for people, to one day know God. Whether they come to Hills or not doesn't matter, because this church is not the the church for New Zealand. We are part of the church. Whether they're here go to the Mormon church somewhere down there, the Catholic church, wherever they are, I don't know, like, even if I don't even believe some of the stuff they are, I want them to go where they need to go and God will help them walk their journey out, whether it's right or wrong. Because we don't want anything in return other than them knowing who God is. With with kindness. This This is for people who are kind. I know heaps of people who are kind in here. I want to talk to you here. Please take this um, as me loving you. Kindness, it doesn't mean you're a pushover. Am I talking to anybody in here? With kindness, it doesn't mean you're a pushover and you need to say yes to everyone and everything. Sometimes a no and sometimes a not yet can be kindness. Did Jesus say yes to everything? No, he didn't. There are many moments where God had to walk away. Did he like to walk away? No, but out of kindness, he walked away. Just because we have the fruit of kindness doesn't mean we as Christians are pushovers. And you might be going, why are you telling us this? Why I'm telling you this? is because you have to protect you. You have to protect the fruit that's in you. Because I've noticed many people that I know who have showed kindness because God's done so much good things where they get to a point of bitterness because they feel used and abused. Because they say yes to everything. They say yes to whatever. Whatever comes up, yes, 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 yes. And they forget Kindness is also saying no because if you're not right, how can you do everything else? Sometimes you have to stop and go, out of kindness, I'm going to say no because I'm not in the right space. It's better that you're not here than you being there pretending to be kind but really bitter inside. Have you been like that before? Like you're like, smiles, you're happy. Sup, bro? so. Up, sis. but inside you're like, I hate being here. I don't know why I'm here. I don't want to serve today. I, they, they don't know what I'm going through this week. It's better that you step aside. That's showing kindness. And you might go, how does that show kindness? It's because you're protecting not only yourself, but you're also protecting your brother and sister. Jesus did it all the time. He said no to things, but he also put boundaries around himself, Even though he was God, he still put boundaries around himself. He limited what he could do. Jesus didn't say yes to everything. But he did say yes to the things that God wanted him to do. When I mean God, I mean Father God. It's not kindness if you have to force your yes. Can I say that again? It is not kindness if you're forcing your yes. The fruit of kindness has to be genuine towards one another. Like, I have a scenario. My wife probably hear it because she's not well today when she listens to this. But I have a scenario. It's recent. It's literally recent. Still new. Still fresh. Where I had to show kindness towards brothers of mine. Close brothers in the faith. Kindness towards them because they said yes to me but not did anything else with it. They didn't turn up, they didn't do anything. In my heart, I was angry in a moment, but then I had to step back and go, God, can you help me with this? Because I can't have any bitterness towards a brethren. Because if I have bitterness towards a brethren, I stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so I had to step back and really step into the place of not only goodness, but where God shows me kindness towards them. Because I don't know what they're facing. I don't know what they're going through. They might be going through stuff that I don't even know about. But God really took me through this fruit of kindness towards my brothers. And I don't know about you this morning. You might have that same kind of scenario. This is where you need to lean into Holy Spirit because it's not natural for us to act in this way. But with Holy Spirit, we can lean in this way. Because with the fruit of kindness and goodness and every other fruit of the Spirit, it always points back to somebody. Who is that somebody? Christ. The fruit of the Spirit must point back to Christ. Why? Because he first showed us true kindness. You might be going, Where did he show us kindness when he died on the cross? It says this in Ephesians 2, verse 47. Have the keys up, it says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. Listen to this: that even though we were dead, because of our sin, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Even though we were busy in sin, he gave his life for you and I. That's incredible. Like, that's truly incredible. We don't act like that. But that's what he wants us to be like. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Verse six. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Can we go back to verse four? Oh, wait, go, seven. Sorry. So God can point to us in all future ages As examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all He has done. What does all mean? In Greek it means what? In Hebrew it means what? In baby language it means what? All. As shown in all He has done. Which tells us that grace and kindness is in all things He does. Who are united with Christ Jesus. Back to verse 4. But God is rich in mercy, and He loved us so much. He showed kindness towards us, grace towards us. Even though when we were dead, He still showed grace and kindness. There's another verse I haven't told you because I only put it in this morning. It's Ephesians 4.32, and it says this, be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Let's stop there. Tender hearted. Not like a rock, not like a wall, but God wants us to be tender hearted. To who? one another. And then he says, forgiving one another. So not only be kind, but be tender. When you your tender, I picture steak. You know, like you cut a steak and it's tender and you put it in your mouth and it melts like butter. God wants us to be like that towards each other where we're tender. To one another but then he also wants us to be forgiving to one another and then he goes to, at the end of it even as God and Christ forgave you. So he's saying in plain English that because Christ forgave us and is kind to us tended hearted towards us and forgiving, you are also, need to be people who are kind to one another, who are tender. Let me say that word again, tender. I know so many people in, the, in, in my Christian walk who are saved, who are not tender. They're hard-headed, stubborn and it feels like there's no love in them. <laughs> you, know, that, you know that type of like hardness? And I, I just call that old school. You know, like, oh, they're old school. <laughs> like, old school. But to be honest, God wants us to be tender. You know what tender does? It helps you move with compassion. You know what tender does? It helps you love your enemy. You know what tender does? Helps you forgive your spouse. What tender does? Helps you to correct your your um your children. What does tender do? Not it doesn't move out of anger, but it moves out of love. That's what tender does. And so God is saying to us this morning: be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Because God has taken our heart of stone to become what a heart of flesh. Why? Because it's tender. He doesn't want us to be like a rock. Any people who have a rock heart, God wants you to be tender. He wants to exchange that this morning. He wants wants us to be forgiving to one another. And so with kindness and goodness, we can only really operate in that fruit when we lean into the Holy Spirit. It cannot be done by our own work. Well, our own works. You know, we've been saying that over the last five weeks, Hey, eh? oh, can't do the fruit of the Spirit on our own. We need Holy Spirit. I know that's repetitive, but it's the truth. I know that's repetitive, but how many of the church is operating in it? Because if we truly are, you'll see communities transform. You'll see families transform. You'll see individuals transform. If we truly Step stepping into this realm. And I believe as a church, as Hills, I believe God's going to take us on this journey. At least, yes, we're learning on the fruit of the Spirit, but I believe God, every time we learn something, God's going to bring something forward so we can go operate in it now. It happened to me and Lee last week. We talked about long-suffering. We had a, long, a, lot, a lot of long-suffering last week because um, we were preparing for the rugby tournament. Um, and we've straight off the church, we got straight to get ready for the tournament stuff things together. I thought it were only be a couple of hours, from like when 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock, we'd be done. We didn't finish to 8 p.m. and 8, 9 o'clock at night. And then we had to get up early to get up at 7:30 to go to Portillo. And I remember we walked in and we like driving in, and they weren't ready for us. Then what happened? We waited in the car two hours before they could help us. And the whole time I was like man, we should just leave. Let's escape it. Let's not help them. Let's just go. <laughs> and this guy and me were like, long-suffering. 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 Long-suffering really took place that Monday. And watch this. I truly believe we're going to go through this week where kindness and goodness has to be pushed out in our week to this week. There's going to be a moment this week where you need to forgive somebody. Can I encourage you to lean into kindness Because God was so kind that he forgave you that we should also be kind enough to forgive others. Though they may not deserve it, it doesn't matter. It's not them you want to forgive for, it's because of him. Because God says in his word, if we cannot forgive our brother and sister, how can God forgive us? And so this week, can I encourage us to really ask God, can you train me? how to be kind and good, not in the world sense, but in the sense of being spirit-led, where I have uprightness of heart in life. And where, when I need to correct and rebuke, it's not done out of anger. It's not because I hate you, but it's because I love you. I do it with my son all the time, if he does something wrong. It's something that I learned from my parents, not because they did it to me, but because they did the opposite. <laughs> Are you guys right? Because they did the opposite. And so for my son, when he does something wrong, I try to be tender hearted in a way where I you know, you know how like sometimes we parents go like that, like talk to the parents, talk to the kids this way. I try to see him at his level. The only reason why I want to get to his level, because I'm like, I'm not ruling over you because I'm your parent, but let me come to your level and let's hash this out. And God's trained me in a way with my son where I can. Really sit down, even though sometimes he just doesn't understand what I'm talking about. But I'm sowing seed. Because the more I sow seed of kindness and goodness, when he gets older and starts understanding the word, and when he starts having a relationship with Jesus, kindness and goodness will slowly take birth. For all parents in here, even if your children are not following what you say, sow the seed. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. If your spouse has given you problems, sow the seed. Sow the seed. What am I saying? Tell your spouse, you're amazing, even when they're not amazing. Are you right? Because you telling them not amazing, they'll birth that not amazing. But you tell them what, who God says they are, they'll start becoming who God called them to be. Why? Because you're sowing seed. You're sowing seed. And for kindness and goodness, sow seed. Whether you get anything in return, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, sow the seed, sow the seed. Because I believe this church, this church has the capacity of kindness and goodness like no other. We serve, collectively, not me, we serve communities. Not just Wainui, we serve Pariroa, Apaha, Nainai, Stokes Valley. We serve all the surrounding area of the Wellington region without even realizing it. Because of kindness and goodness, not because of hills in Z and who, how great we are. No, we're not great. He's great. The only reason why we're, we're flourishing spiritually and all those other things is because He's good. It's His goodness. Imagine, church, if we can keep stepping into the fruit of the Spirit. Imagine. I can. I can see families being restored. I can see this community coming to know Jesus. I can see this community knowing that this church is for them, not against them. When people see you at your workplace, they know you're Christian, they may not believe you or believe what you you believe, but they know they can come to you. Why? Because there's something over your life. and that's called the fruit of the spirit. Kindness and goodness. Why don't we close our eyes? Father, we choose you. And we thank you for your kindness and goodness over our lives. As your word says, there's no one good other than you. And we thank you that you're a good God. Even when your word says that when we're far from you, in sin and in darkness... You still chose to love us and die for us. And we thank you for your kindness towards us. We thank you for your goodness. Let us be open to your spirit this week when you need a rebuke and correct us. Even though it's uncomfortable, even though when we don't want to hear it, even though we we just get annoyed with you, I, I pray that throughout this week we'll be open to receive your goodness in that way. Father, we thank you that you're doing wondrous things within us. And from this day, Lord God, I pray that kindness and goodness will be not only in this moment right now, but it will flourish within all our lives, every aspect of it. And so God, we honor you and we acknowledge your spirit in this place and in our lives. We can't do it without you. And so Father, I just pray that we'll get to know you more this week and that you'll be are more evident, and we will have some real encounters with you, Spirit of God. We welcome you. We welcome you in our homes. We welcome you in our, in our lives. We welcome you in our spaces of influence so that we can see what you see, say what you want us to say, and do what you want us to do. We lift you high. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Awesome. Can we give Pastor Jay a hand?